As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heagle falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Daniel Garcia. And on this episode, as you can see in the title, uh, Lockout Update. Well, here's the update. <laughs> there is nothing new. Um, this lockout seems to be something that is going to you know, obviously carry on into the new year, until 2022. Um, and just kind of my thoughts about the lockout real quick is that it's it's going to be a while. These sides were never close. If they were close before the December 1st deadline, they probably would have got something worked out by then. But the fact that they were nowhere near an agreement, nowhere near a compromise, um, just shows that it's going to be a really quiet. Obviously, it's been a really quiet December. It's going to be a really quiet January. Um, February might be the time where you start hearing stories about what you know could happen as far as meetings and time they'll meet and how long they've met and stuff like that. But you know, until that point, until that you know November, not November, sorry, February kind of. Uh, soft deadline if you will uh, i i don't expect much from this lockout it's it's pretty crazy too because um that's the only time where the owners are really going to be um incentivized to get anything going and same thing with the players um you know obviously if you know how the pay structure works for for the players um whatever they make you know, on their contract per year, whether it be, you know, 5 million, 15 million or whatever that gets paid out during the actual, um, season, the athletes don't necessarily get paid, don't get paid at all during the off season. So if a lockout happens now in December, in January, the players don't lose anything. They're not getting paid anyway. So it doesn't really matter. It hurts the guys that, you know, want to be in the facility, want to talk to their coaches, want to get on a some kind of a program with their trainers, with their coaches and all that stuff. That is what um, that's what hurts. But as far as pay and as far as missing out on paychecks, that doesn't happen at all. And the same thing with the owners. The owners don't get any money from MLB during the offseason. No one's in the stadiums buying tickets. No one's in the stadium buying, um, you know, concessions beer you know uh, pretzels or anything like that so they're not losing any money right now either so both sides are as of right now are both there's no incentivize incentivization to um talk and get this worked out right now you know for the most part they can just be feeling each other out you know enjoying their holiday season with their family and all that stuff and that honestly seems like what is going to happen because uh 
Major League Baseball as of right now has kind of shut down. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But December, but February is that kind of a deadline. Obviously, you know, spring training will start at the end of February, beginning of March. Um, that will lead all the way into obviously April's or even I think late March, uh, beginning of the season, early April. So if you were to ask me, and I think I've said this before on, on the podcast, is um, you're probably looking more towards a um, mid-February, late-February kind of an agreement. From there, whenever that agreement is is met, you'll probably have two to three weeks worth of um, free agency time where obviously there's a bunch of names that have not signed yet. Um, Correa is you know, obviously the biggest one out there. Um, some other pitchers, some other position players. But you'll probably have like a two to three week period after the agreement to where free agency players can sign, trades can happen again, and all that stuff. And then from there, wherever that leads is going to be, uh, wherever that ends up being is probably going to cut into spring training. So as a fan that has been going to spring training for quite a while now um, and has been going, honestly, like in the beginning of March around my birthday, it honestly seems like if you were planning to go around that same time, maybe like the first or first or second week of spring training, you know, hopefully you're able to get uh, money back or, or you haven't put up that money yet for Airbnb or, or however you're staying out there. Because um, if I had to take a guess, and again, it's only, you know, I'm thinking about it, they're probably going to cut into the first couple weeks of spring training. Um, you know, some people already say spring training is too long as it is. So, you know, how will that affect the team? The different teams is, I think, the position players will be fine. I think um, your regular, everyday, all-star type of players that are, know they're going to be in that starting spot, they know they're going to be, you know, third, fourth, fifth in the lineup, they're going to be fine. You know, obviously it sucks for a team like the Angels right now where you're still trying to figure out, well, who's going to play shortstop? And is Fletcher going to move the shortstop? And is someone going to play second? Or who's going to be that fourth outfielder or anything like that? So those type of battles are going to are suffer because you're not going to have nearly as much time um, to kind of sort it out. But, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest deadline for these owners and these players is the season. Um that's when they start losing money. That's when, you know, money starts getting taken out of both pockets, you know, whether it's the owners or the players, depending on, you know, obviously um, people are kind of split on it. I think a lot of people take the player side of it, which I do. But um, regardless, that's when both sides start hurting a little bit is when the season's supposed to start. They're not getting paid. Owners are now getting harassed by television networks with no product to put on television and wanting some of their money back, not getting any money from the, the stadium itself. Players obviously not getting any kind of paycheck or any kind of royalty deal from Jersey sales or anything with their name on it. So that's actually like the real hard deadline is going to be opening day of 2022. So one more theory I've been hearing about, and again, it's just people kind of talking and throwing out well, this and well, that is, I guess a, something that owners have for in their favor. And this, again, this is just a theory, but the 2020 season, the 2020 COVID season showed that if they really wanted to cut into the season, they know how there's a way for them to know how that's kind of the blueprint where, Hey, this is the agreement. We'll pay you this much money. Um, player wise, we will, 
limit this, this, and this, or we will give you this extra, you know, the DH and, and stuff like that with the rules that were there in 2020. So there is kind of a blueprint to where if this is does go deep into the season, there is kind of already a blueprint out there how to deal with a shortened season, a 60-game season, a 70-game season, or whatever it would be. And honestly, some of the fans enjoyed it, you know, the, the sprint aspect to the game. Um, for teams like I think the Angels, it, it's kind of – it hinders it a little bit. You want to see a guy like Noah Syndergaard for a full season just because you put that one-year um, trial run on. You want to see it for a full year. Um, but that's another thing that could easily happen too is that the owners can say, hey, we know how to run a 60-game, 70-game, 80-game season. There's no rush for us to uh, come to an agreement, especially if we don't like the terms. And unfortunately for the players in the last CBA, and again, I don't know how many people have actually – followed up on it or looked back on it but i think i believe it was in 2000 and um i want to say 2015 2014 somewhere around there the players actually gave up quite a bit of stuff and a lot of people were saying you know that was probably the worst agreement the players have made during the cba negotiating times from now to all the way back when it started and it kind of people are saying it's kind of like putting you know taking you, you know the saying the toothpaste is already out of the tube and that's kind of how it is so it's going to be really hard for some of these players to get that back into the tube um some of the stuff is free agency six years obviously some of the players want you know uh maybe at five maybe at four maybe at a certain age you're automatically a free agent you're not confined to six years of under team control um so, you know obviously another big part of it is uh, a floor for spending obviously you have teams that are out there spending you know uh, 30 40 50 million a year when you have teams that spend that on two players or three players so obviously that's a huge issue and, and owners don't want to be told how to spend their money it's just you know when you get a certain amount of wealth you get it by doing it in a certain way and you don't want anyone telling you how to do it otherwise and i think that is a big issue right now with um some of the owners is that they want to spend their money the way they want and that's going to be i think a big big issue when it comes to negotiating the, the rule stuff i don't think it's going to be as big of a deal it definitely does seem like the financial compensation part of this cba is what's going to be carrying 80 percent of um the conversation and it's going to be a huge part. And once that part gets solved, I think the rules like the DH uh, runner on second, um, you know, automatic strike zones. I think that stuff will be fairly easy to come to an agreement on, but yeah, definitely the free agency market and the financial uh, floor financial ceiling of teams is going to be the biggest, biggest issue of the uh, CBA. So as of right now, lockout still going. Lockout still going strong. Still going, um, like I said, into January, into the new year. And it definitely seems like it won't be solved until my guess is February. Hopefully, if it's the beginning of February, I would expect a full spring training. If it's mid-February to later, you definitely know it's going to be cut. It's definitely going to cut into that uh, first couple weeks of spring training. So for fans that like to make the trip out there, it might be a little more difficult. Uh, it might be a little more packed on the back end of it for people trying to make up for it. So that's kind of a um, headache on its own sometimes. But hopefully when we get to the February month, we'll start hearing things as fans, uh, players and owners are talking again, are having meetings again, and are actually having meetings longer than, uh, what was the report, like 10, 15 minutes. So hopefully that is something that 
uh, is to look forward to in the new year. Fingers crossed. I think missing time, um, missing games, you know, spring training games are one thing, but when you start missing actual game games, that's going to really, really hurt this sport that is trying to build on um, itself and compete with sports like football and college football and basketball and stuff like that now where, um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, they didn't have to, but now they really have to. So uh, missing games will be a huge, uh, you know, loss for Major League Baseball if it gets that far. So obviously, if you're listening to this, it is Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the Christmas season. Um, you know, something I like to do around Christmas is replay the interview I did with Mark Gubiza, uh, Bally Sports' own um about his about his Christmas uh, memories, about him enjoying Christmas so much. If you and I kind of I think I mentioned it in 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 the interview of that. If you watch or if you follow his Instagram, if you follow his uh, Twitter, you know how much of a Christmas fan he is. And even when the Angels do halfway to Christmas, he's always uh, dressed up in a costume. He really really enjoys this time of the year. And so I was able to talk to him in 2019 about it and where it comes from and kind of his decorations and what he likes to do and I always enjoy putting it out for in this time of year because um you know as the years go on we, we pick up new listeners um you know maybe might be halfway through the season might be at the beginning of the season that hadn't heard this interview yet but it's always fun it's a Christmas spirit I always enjoy it's like for us it's like when you turn on TV on Christmas day and the Christmas stories on all day it's like I'll try to make this a yearly tradition because I think it did go so well and it was a lot of fun listening to his stories about him growing up around this time and just how he does Christmas himself when that is Mark Gubaza again from Bally Sports West um, if you don't know who Mark Gubaza is I don't know how to, I don't know how, uh, I don't know what to tell you. You should know he's a great, great guy. So here is that interview from 2019. The main reason I had you on, it is the holiday season. If anyone that follows you at all on Insta or on uh, your Twitter, Mark at Mark Gubza knows that you're a, a fan of Christmas and just kind of the holidays in general. I want to ask, first thing I want to ask is where did that come from? Is that something you had growing up, something that your parents put in you? Where, where did that come from? Well, I mean, my mom was, uh, she was an incredible Christmas enthusiast. Uh, you know, we start, she started decorating, you know, soon as, you know, we got, well, it's a little bit different now. I'm a little bit cr- more crazy than she even was when it came to decorating. She waited till like that day after Thanksgiving and then boom, everything was up. And uh, my dad was a mailman, so he was extremely busy during that time of the year because, you know, as, as you all know, all the stuff getting delivered in the mail, even before then, before Amazon and all these other things, everything was delivered on the mail. No UPS or FedEx, none of those things. So everything was by the Postal Service. So he was in, incredibly busy. But also, he would come home after work, even though he was walking and walking all over the place, delivering packages and, and envelopes, that uh, just the people, the smiles they had on their face, and the stories that they were so excited they got these letters or these packages he was able to bring that home, even though he was extremely tired. But my mom was like, unbelievable with all this stuff, all the decorations. And I still have a number of things that from their old, you know, my old house back in Philly, where I have here out in California. Uh, they've both been gone for a lot of years. But uh, e- even my three older brothers, it's, it's crazy because every time I ever talk to anybody that's you know, associated with myself or my brother, they say, man, you guys are crazy when it comes to all the holidays, but Christmas in particular. And I... I actually started the day after Halloween. I started putting stuff out. 
a little bit at a time until finally like my wife would go, okay, you can go ahead and, and do your usual. So then I eventually had everything out and, and put stuff ready to go, lit up even before Thanksgiving. With Thanksgiving being as late as it was this year, you know, I put a lot of pressure on to be able to make sure everything was ready to go because you don't have as many weekends before Christmas now. But, uh, I mean, I love, you know, I watched It's a Wonderful Life the other day, followed by Santa Claus coming to town to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Grinch is on tonight. I mean, I, I don't miss any of them, even the old school ones, the new ones from Christmas Vacation. Well, that, not that that's new anymore, but Elf, and, you know, every one of them. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because even though my kids are at that age, we're like, Dad, really, we're going to watch that? They still sit down there with me all the time, all the way through, every one of even the cartoon ones. So that's what I did with my mom and dad. Literally, I could be out playing basketball or hockey up at the schoolyard back home in Philly, but I knew once 8 o'clock came around, I was running home because that you know I was before you know these shows were on a thousand times Christmas season or you can get them on VHS and all this stuff so you had to make sure when they came on you weren't missing and I never missed it no matter what even though my buddies at the schoolyard would go now where are you going now I said I gotta go home and watch that and, and they like laughed at me but before long they were running home doing the same thing <laughs> that's great uh, you know with Christmas like you said Thanksgiving being later this year and starting from October from from Halloween till when is okay started Halloween when is the final like ta-da like it's like uh I believe it is uh the Griswold and when he flips the switch and the light and then the the lights go on and it's just a huge thing when is that final kind of ta-da moment for you like when is that around is that after Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving when everything's out there and then just ready to show off well, I would love to say it's after Thanksgiving because that would be like like I always read on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, I can't believe they're playing the Christmas music already. Like on Coast One and Three Point Five. As soon, I mean, they were even putting it on earlier and earlier. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm pretty pumped up. So I was, as soon as that music's getting started on on the radio, which you know I I'm, you know I'm sounding old again. Not many people listen to the radio as much anymore either. They're already they're listening to their phones on their cars and all that jazz. But uh, I was as soon as that music was playing, I was already done. So I have to admit, I was well before Thanksgiving. As much as I hate to say that, I was well before Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, you being you know a, a, an athlete and everything like that, is there a certain part of you that competes with, say, your neighbors? If you know your neighbor next to you gets a brand new whatever display, is there some part of inside you where you're like, "Ooh, I have to go out there and maybe get something new." Uh, yeah, and you're always one. It's almost like every one of those uh, Christmas movies out there where you're trying to compete, make sure your lights are as good or if not better than your neighbors. But uh, as far as the outdoor lighting part, I don't go as nuts on that. Even though I had that, my lights were already up well before Thanksgiving, and they were on. I think the 21st this year of November, they were already on. But uh, and I've noticed a number of houses around the neighborhood too have been on the last couple of days, which is earlier than normal. But, uh, like, I'll, I'll try to find some, like, old-school, you know, fairly good-sized figurines I put out there in my in my front yard, too. I got these things at, uh, off a catalog one time. There are three elves, and, and they're pretty good-sized elves, so I have them out in front. I have, a obviously, a couple Frosty the Snowman and things like that all around. So I do that, but my main part of it is is all the stuff I have in the house. Like I said, I have some old-school stuff from my parents to the very, you know, most you know, modern of uh, Christmas decorations. And I, and I do everything myself. I mean, every, you know, my son will help me out on occasion, but uh, I mo- mostly do it. it and I, I go in different phases because it's not easy getting up 
and down from in the attic and all the other stuff. I'm thinking to myself of Clark Griswold waiting for that ladder to come down and hit me right in the head as I as I pulled that down many, many times. So getting up in the attic and I have three or four other different areas in my house where I have stuff stored that, uh, you know, it, it's a process. It's, I can't get, I, there's no way on earth I can ever get it done in one day. So it takes me two or three days to get everything set up. I, I kind of switch some things around so it makes it look like it's completely different than the year before. So, but it's, it's something I, I love to do uh, when, when people come over or when the kids, you know, see that once again, or because my one girl is over in, in Kansas, University of Kansas, so when she comes home, she just goes nuts seeing it all over again. So it's it's great. And my oldest one, she's married, so she stops by, you know, once a week and, and just to see the smile on her face. And she's turned into exactly where, the way I am because she had her house with her with her husband decorated up well before Thanksgiving, and she sends me pictures. So it's kind of a – and my son's the same way, and, and, and my daughter's already, you know, she decorated her place out and her house, uh, apartment, I should say, out in KU right away, too. So it's kind of something I think they're all, a little, that tradition will carry on that I learned from my mom. And, and she learned from my my grandmom as well, that she, you know, made sure they had incredible decorations. I have a couple decorations from things from my grandfather who came over from Hungary, believe it or not, back in, well, I guess it would be the early 19, like 1919 or so. And, wow, that's really and cool. I have a couple little things like that still around. I kind of keep them in areas where I, I can make sure it doesn't get messed up or, you know, get knocked over or anything like that. So I have some old school stuff yet uh, and stuff that have a lot of meaning to me, especially because all of them are gone now. They've all been gone for years that I still, when I bring them out, it feels like they're still part of my our Christmases here. You talk about the interior of your house. Are we talking multiple trees, different trees in different part of the of the house, or how many how many trees? If we walk into the Mark Gubaza household, how many trees are we are we seeing? Well, I mean, there's uh, <laughs> I have a number of different trees throughout the house, and I have them. You know, it could be smaller ones, bigger ones, you know, different colors and stuff. So, oof, I'm trying to think. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oof, maybe eight or nine, maybe ten. I might even be on the low end, but some of them are just a foot tall. You know, the main one about 12 feet tall, and then a couple other ones here and there. Yeah, spread out throughout. So you talked about your family and your daughters and your son. Uh, Christmas traditions are big. I mean, my mom loves getting photos of me and my wife, like in matching pajamas in front of the Christmas tree. That's kind of like her thing. Is there any kind of tradition that maybe you've had when you were a kid that you try to carry on now with your family? Uh, you know, the, the best thing, and at some point between me and you, and I'm sure everyone listening now, that I'm going to write a book about how I, I felt it was a, the greatest thing ever when I was growing up, because uh, my, my one aunt made these homemade stockings, and they were like little Santa Clauses, but they had a hole in the back where you, you put all the, you know, the regular stocking stuff in there, whether it's a toothbrush, your underwear, and all this other stuff, but Part of the Hungarian tradition would be there was always a, a tangerine in there and, and some kind of fish. It was usually some can of sardines that none of us ate, but it was in there as far as tradition. And my mom literally wrapped every single thing that was in my in our stockings in white tissue paper, so you couldn't even see it. So she would put it. They put them outside our bedroom, and it was, uh, it was we had two bedrooms, uh, three of us in one room and one in the other. It was a pretty small house. We grew up in Philly, and. Uh, Literally, we you know we go to bed. There was nothing there. They they did the stocking, and she wrapped up literally every night, putting it all together. Put it. I mean, obviously, put it outside when we were we were pretending we were asleep, 
and we had no tree, zero tree. Wake up in the morning, here's the, here's the tree, completely decorated with the presents underneath it. And I was like, I don't know how they did it. They did it for years and years and years where, you know, like I said, my dad was a mailman, so he's working Christmas Eve till 6 o'clock at night, still delivering mail, yet somehow had the energy enough to hide the Christmas tree from us. Cause, and he would wait because he always took around and he got the best bargain. At Christmas Eve, I'm sure you can get a Christmas tree for nothing, really. But it was always an, an amazing tree where here you are, you're putting it in the stand, putting it in the house, decorating, putting all the bulbs and the lights on it all while we're asleep. And so, I mean, this is all being done at 12 o'clock or later on Christmas Eve and the Christmas Day. So then we all walk down in our Christmas pajamas. I'd be the last one because I was the youngest. All four of us would go down. And, and, it, and I still remember just the look on all our faces when you see this tree it didn't even matter what kind of gifts you got, really, because you see the tree, how beautiful it was, and then you, then you don't even—you just at that point you're thinking, okay, Santa Claus did deliver the tree and everything else. That when you're younger, but just to see and and look back, go, how were they able to do that? And I, you know, my my older brother tried that early on, but he says, you know what, Ed, it was so exhausting, and there was no way he could do it. I can only imagine, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I still have. It's crazy because my aunt eventually made the same stockings that I had. And it's really hard to describe because it's not a regular stocking where you would hang you know, on the fireplace. It was like a little bulky little Santa, but it was all uh, you know, basically cloth where you, it, it stretched, so you could put a lot of stuff in there. And uh, you know, she made them all for my kids and stuff like that. So I still have it down there, and we still have, you know, we just got our matching pajamas in again, even with her, because we have a dog now and, and one for her too as well. So we'll have them. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if it'll make it out on Twitter or not that picture Christmas morning all of us in pajamas or not, but that'll we'll, remain to be seen. I'm sure somehow my my daughter or my wife will have it out on one of those other social media outlets, but it'll, uh, it'll we'll, be a we'll leak. See on that. Yeah, yeah everything exactly. seems a leak nowadays, so maybe that'll be the next the next thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it's cool. It's something that the angels have been doing for I believe a handful of years now. Is they're halfway to Christmas, um, you know, uh, weekend. And you get, you know, pretty involved in that weekend as far as uh, your dress from, I believe this last year, you were the, the bunny from uh, the Christmas story, but also you've yeah. been Elf, you've been, you know, you and, and Victor have been like Jack Frost, the characters from Jack Frost. Um, you know, first, who comes up with the idea of what to dress up as and how hard is it to get Victor kind of like, come on, let's, let's you know, do like a, a group thing. Yeah, you know, I usually, you know, I'll even, you know, I'm actually already thinking about what we're going to do next year on halfway to Christmas. And, uh, you know, Victor's been on board with it for a while now. It's like, you know, even, the, you know, a number of the employees for the Angels just come around and they're thinking, God, these guys are crazy. But uh, I, I use, I'll bring a couple of stuff I have from the house and put it in and I'll decorate my, the booth there as well. And I, I love it so much. Everyone knows it. And, so they just kind of play along with it, you know. Everyone's like, you know, man, this is you're still six months away, but you know, I, I've always I, I love Christmas so much, I can't wait to do it. I mean, that time I, I'll never forget walking out to, you know, the desk out there by the big hat, see my buddy the elf outfit, and I, and I remember because they were filming it, and I'm thinking I didn't do it on purpose, but I you know end up having that goofy walk that uh, you know Will Ferrell had as far as Buddy the Elf walking out there, that little walk he had and. And I remember, geez, it was hot too, because the wig and everything else with the hat on, it was like it felt like it was a million degrees. And and then I remember Ken French was out there; he was just laughing so hard. And we still, 
I still have the picture of me and Frenchie together with that one, and that was pretty cool. And you know, and you know, when we did the the heat miser and the snow miser from a year without a Santa Claus, that was pretty cool. And you know, it's, it, it gets tougher. We, we the, the one we had a blast with because we had deer and everything there. We were uh, cousin Eddie and Clark Griswold. This was a while ago, and I had the you know the moose uh, you know cup there with the you know hold the eggnog and everything else, and had the the white shirt with the little black dicky, you know, underneath the shirt there to make it look authentic and everything else, and the white loafers and all the other stuff that cousin Eddie had, and and, and Victor had the Clark Griswold, you know, shirt on, and, and we even scripted out some pretty good lines for it. So it was it was pretty cool how we we set that one up, and and this happened to be where if you've been to the stadium there at that time they had the deer and everything around, so they were all around us as well. So. Uh, it couldn't. We couldn't get any better. So we'll have to try to come up when I have some pretty good ideas, but I want to give it up and give it out so far for for next year. But uh, you know, last year walking walk out to the front desk with a, a rabbit <laughs> suit on was <laughs> that was pretty interesting as well, especially with the glasses and everything else. And I'm thinking, oh man, uh, I don't know how good this is going to be because some people, you know, if you don't remember, it's you know, if you have tickets and you're just going to a game itself and you don't even realize it's halfway to Christmas, you're, you're seeing some guy walking around with a uh, pink rabbit suit on, you're thinking, uh, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, I mean, especially because, you know, the, the, the influx of, of you know, foreign uh, fans come to see Otani and stuff like that, and if they come on this weekend and they don't realize what's going on, yeah, it, it could be kind of a, a shock to see a, yeah. a, a six-foot, you know, six guy over six foot uh, uh, in a pink bunny outfit would be pretty, uh, yeah. pretty shocking. I mean, holidays in general, you can't get away from the food uh, is there any kind of food that you might only have during this time of year whether it's thanksgiving or christmas that you really look forward to uh you know you know besides the obvious ones the turkeys and the hams and all that stuff the one thing my mom did every time when the grinch this is the cartoon version with boris karloff with the voice uh, she made homemade homemade oatmeal cookies so I mean, and and she had a recipe, and she made them. I we we make them all the time. Me and you know my son loves to cook himself. So, whenever that's on TV, we kind of try to correlate it, kind of keep that tradition going. But oatmeal cookies for me are the most unbelievable thing, and yeah. So that would probably be my my must have during the during the. I mean, I can eat. Believe me, I can eat oatmeal cookies all throughout the year, but. For whatever reason, they taste way better at Christmas time for me. So that that's the one thing I absolutely have to have is my oatmeal cookies during the holiday season. Now, you've mentioned a handful of different Christmas movies, whether you know, you'd be Elf. We talked about the Christmas Story, um, Grinch, all that stuff. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pin you down. I don't know how successful I'm gonna be, but if you had to pick your favorite uh, Christmas movie, what would it be? Wow. <sighs> That you know, because I I did that last year just to see how people would react on Twitter, just to throw that out there. What's you know, and it, you know, I can go. For, I mean, I I absolutely love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I absolutely love it. Everything about it, uh, you know, Rudy, Rudolph being an underdog, a misfit, and all that other stuff, and all of a sudden he becomes a hero in the end. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Although the crazy thing is, as much as I love it. And as much as my kids love it, I never really saw it a whole lot when I was growing up. Uh, so I, it's kind of, it, even though it's an old, old, old movie, it's it's such a classic. And and I was just driving right by 
Encino Park where they actually made a majority of that movie. And I'm, you know, we're, I'm thinking, why would they not put a sign out there saying this is where it's, you know, it's a wonderful life. A majority of that, that whole town was like built on that park there in, in Encino, which is, you know, in the San Fernando Valley here, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, but I, I still, I love White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kay. I mean, you know, I, I think just the music, the costumes, that song itself in the end, uh, I, I always, I always say it's a wonderful life is my favorite, but then it, then once I, you know, when they start singing, especially when Danny Kay and Bing Crosby sing sisters, when I, uh, I'm out of my mind laughing my head off. I, I love white Christmas, but if you, if, depending on the genre, uh, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm I'm naming them all out of my mind here. (laughs) Christmas Vacation is like, I I cannot stop laughing. Elf is, for me, it's off the chart. Even the new Grinch with, you know, the movie is is great. Uh, So, boy, I'll tell you, it's a tough one. But if I had to watch, if there was one I I had to watch each year where I would feel miserable, if I didn't, it would probably be It's a Wonderful Life. I just love Jimmy Stewart's a Pennsylvania guy. He grew up in Pennsylvania. I think the whole story, and then it, I've read some recent stuff about, you know, he, he was a war hero, and then he went through a lot coming back from the from the war, that a lot of the acting he did in that movie were, was not really far-fetched of how he was feeling. So I, I think I leaned a little bit more towards It's a Wonderful Life, even though I'm really showing my age by doing that. Now those are all solid, solid uh, picks. Uh, so like some of those older movies, like you mentioned, do they kind of have more? Do you see? Uh, not, I don't want to say see more into it, but like understand it more and kind of mean more as you get older and you start having your family, and, and, and then maybe as you, like you said, because you didn't really see it a whole lot as a kid, but do you think it starts meaning a little bit more once you get older and start forming a family? Yeah, yeah, I think part of it is because there's always some warm feeling to it, or. There could be a family member that's no longer with you that, that, that you kind of you kind of miss it. I don't know if you've seen this one commercial. I think it's for boy, what is it for? Uh, where they have this, uh, it's uh, maybe it's Portal or one of those where they're taking a photo of the grand for grand for the grandpa. They have him, all the families there, and, and the two granddaughters yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go out, and I, at the very end the iPad, they, they yeah. take a picture of that where the the, the, the grandma was no longer with it, but they were able to superimposer in there and they showed her like she's still part of the family even though she's not those type of things i mean i mean i i love you know holiday inn real old school movies like that too you know but uh, uh what's the one with hugh, with hugh grant uh what's it uh no no carrie grant i should say not hugh grant carrie grant the preacher's wife i think it's called way back i mean there's so many Really cool ones. The old school ones, because they're not on as much, I can catch them at night when I'm going to sleep. Uh, and, I, and I'll have to admit this, the minute the Hallmark Channel played Christmas movies, I have both both the stations I have on all night long. Believe me, all night. <laughs> and, and that comes on the day after, you know, uh, Halloween this year. So I, I actually know every one of them. I feel like they're all, every one of the actors and actresses on those things are a part of my family because I watch them every single night. Well, that's kind of how our, I guess us fans would feel about the Angels teams watching them, you know, every night. Baseball being a, like almost an everyday sport, you, after a while, you just kind of feel like you know the person, even though maybe you've only seen them in person a couple of times. But through the TV, you know, like you said, I like got almost every night. Um, Mark, this has been great. Thank you very much. Last question I'm going to ask you: Die Hard, Christmas movie, non-Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? Somebody asked me that the other day. I said, it's like Gremlins, too. Uh, Christmas movie because of the music. And then, this, you know, the sentimental part of it at the end, yes. I, you know, that's why I'm going with the Christmas movie. Uh, a little more, it, like, it's like Krampus. That's technically uh, a Christmas movie as well. My son had me watch it. I'm like, wow, that's not the, the ideal Christmas <laughs> right. movie. But if you if you play a, a song, it's like any of them, like from Home Alone. I just got done watching Home Alone too. If you play a Christmas song, it's a Christmas movie to me. All right, Mark Gubazov said it, so it must be true. Thank you, Mark, once again uh, for your time and just you know. Having having a little fun and kind of zigging when most people zag when it comes to this kind of stuff. Thank you very much. You got it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone out there. And, and like I said, enjoy the family because that's what it's all about is being with your family. And again, I want to thank Mark Gubazov for taking his time out for that interview a couple of years ago. Always like hearing, you know, his take on, on, on holidays, on, on baseball and everything. He's always a great guy to talk to, an awesome guy to just kind of, you know, sit down and, and just – talk talk just to talk he's always open to it and i really appreciate it mark um but yeah so this is going to be the last episode for sure for the new year um we really appreciate you guys following us this whole year um new listeners old listeners if you've been around for the last couple years we are really 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 appreciate it here um you know if you're new listeners Thank you very much for giving us a shot. Um, thank you very much for sticking around. Um, as of right now, you know, obviously we'll be back in the new year. Hopefully, like I mentioned before in the beginning of this podcast, hopefully with something good to talk about as far as the lockout and hopefully something good to talk about the future of baseball in the 2022 and not all this doom and gloom kind of stuff. But we will be back. Um, again, help us start the new new year off right. Give us a rating. Give us a review on iOS, Apple Podcasts. And even now, too, I'm understanding that Spotify, you can actually do the same thing for Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user and you have not been able to leave a rating or review and you can do it now, please start doing that for us. Um, again, it will be a great way for us to start the new year start hopefully the new season um get our name out there for people that are looking for angels podcast uh i'll never claim that this is the best podcast but i think we do put a lot of work into it i think we do put a lot of um thought behind it we're not the type of podcast that's going to fly off the rails and blame everyone for everything and and no one knows what they're doing and this team is horrible and has no idea how they're winning blah 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 and just kind of fly off the rails and we're not going to be the other one on the other side where it's they can do no wrong they can do no good and this is not their fault blah 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 i think we do a good job about being in the middle i think we do a good job about you know if we see something that's kind of uh doesn't make sense or is not the right move call it out but we'll have a reason why we won't just do it just to do it and when you call people out on it and there's like well just because that's how i feel we'll give you an actual reason why we feel a certain way that's just how i feel like it needs to be done if you're going to be Mr. Negative and tell us why or tell us how to fix it. And that's how we, that's what we do here. And then if you like the move, if you agreed with the move, the signing, the the pitching change, why did you agree with it? You know, I'm a very much a, um, I'm not result oriented in degree where I look at it as the process. I'm process over results. Was it the right move at the right time? If you guys have ever played sports, if you guys have ever coached sports, you, you do know that you can call the right play. You can put the person in the right, situation doesn't mean that they're always going to do the right thing. And that's not, you know, that's just bad luck at a certain point. So 
We'll be back after the new year. Thank you again. All your all our old listeners, all our new listeners, really enjoying again. Please, if you can, um, subscribe, rate, review on all the platforms out there. And I named a couple already, but if you are on other ones, that's great. Help us spread the word. Tell a friend. Thank you very much. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. We will see you in 2022. And I am Dan Garcia. And this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.